0: Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Mr. Rob Susan needs to become Professor Rob Susan. Seems to have it all. I just admire that guy. He's great at what he does, and I appreciate what he did to set this up for me today. And I'm glad that you are here today, seeing many faces here, and knowing there are many online still that are watching us. And so, I want to be prudent with the time that I've been blessed with, and I want to just speak to you as you have heard Pastor Pat talked about. We're talking about the spirit of. And over the last number of weeks, starting on Pentecost Sunday, the 31st, Pastor Pat began to talk about the Holy Spirit. Pentecost, meaning 50 days after Passover, right? And it was his, his word that came forward that day talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. He talked about the Holy Spirit bringing the power of prayer to us. Then last week he talked about the power of uh, or the Holy Spirit of hope. And so today, I want to talk about promise. Now, I'm going to set this up a little bit. It needs a little bit of help. I'm nervous as I'll get out. You know what? Let's just pray. I don't know why I'm so nervous, but I am. Lord, we come before you. And Lord, you settled in this place. Lord, I want it all off me, and I want your spirit to do the work that needs to be done right now. Lord, that you would touch each ear. Let them hear what your spirit is saying to them today. In Jesus' name I pray and I ask it. Amen. When when Pastor Pat spoke about this just briefly last week too, when when all the apostles and all those that gathered in that upper room, that 120 that gathered, Jesus told them as he was ascending, you go there and you're going to be endued with a power that you've never experienced before. And they gathered, and they were there for about 10 days. Again, as he talked a little bit last night, or last night, last week. As, as I was thinking about all this, I, I brought a picture today. And I'd like to see that picture, if we can, up on the screen. And kind of this is how I feel right now. That, and, and to me, this is, in a way, to me, God's word too. Just that little bit that's exposed above the surface that we call an iceberg. That seem to be huge, right? They are, they're massive. But with God's word, there is so much more below what we see on the surface. There is volumes more that we have to tap into, that we're going to be able to tap into. And that's exactly how I felt as I was putting this together and talking about, Lord, you've got promises that we can have in your word. And Lord, we need your spirit to flow through us and move us in this thing. So, you know, I am not talking about the totality of it all. I'm going to bring just little bits. We're just stuck on the top of that iceberg today. Knowing that there's so much more depth. There's so much more to the to everything that has to be said. And that's why I just love the Bible because the more that I read it, the more I understand I'm still learning. And the more I need to understand, the more I can learn. And I can read something and I have had scriptures that I've been reading for, I can actually say now decades. And you know what? Today it means something very different than what it meant just a little while ago. So, let me prep everything with this. Let's not look to hear what we want to hear this morning. First or second Timothy 4.3 talks about our itching ears. Don't let your ears be itching for anything today. Let's hear what the spirit has to say to you. And, you know, I understand that in this, I don't necessarily think everybody in here is going to hear the same exact thing. You may hear the same words, but let the Holy Spirit do the work that he can do in your heart, and you may hear something different. I have to bring this up. My wife and I took a class that Kathy Dykstra was teaching. Some of you were in it, and some of you have taken her class, and she brought up that YouTube video about Laurel and Yanny. Do you remember that? Played that crazy word, Laurel. And I heard Laurel and I heard Laurel and I heard Laurel over and over and over. And my wife is sitting right next to me and she's hearing Yanny, Yanny, Yanny. And I'm thinking, what? How can your ears be hearing that? It's Laurel all day long. We're hearing the exact same thing, but we're hearing it different in our own ears. Let's let the Holy Spirit do the work that he's going to do in your life this morning. And I'm speaking toward the idea of promises today. Promises that the word of God has for each and every one of us. And I think it's important for us to understand that not all the promises in scripture are for everyone. God's promises are for his people. That's a very important point. God's promises, the ones that we can stand on, the ones that we can recite, the ones that we can lean on, they are for his people. And i it's a hard time when I go into, sometimes I've been asked to do a funeral. Pastor Pat has alluded to this too. And I know Pastor Julie and Rob and and Noah and all that we have on our staff have been asked to do this. It's tough to go into a funeral when you know nothing about the individual. And it's even more difficult when I find out they didn't even necessarily even have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I have to, I feel it's my responsibility to be careful to stand there and say, oh, this is what scripture promises and, and you can rest on these promises. Well, you can when you are his, right? And that's where I am. And I'm speaking to a group that I trust today. You have made the Lord your center, have made him the Lord of your life. And if you're here and you're listening to us today and you haven't, today can be that day that you do that. God's promises are for his people, his children, his followers. And how will we know his promises? Professors, professor, no, doctor, Susan Stein told us today, you got to get into his word, right? You've got to be in his word. You've got to be reading it. You've got to be learning it. And as we read it and learn it, the Holy Spirit begins to do some teaching, begins to teach us through his word. We have to have that so deep down inside of us. It's kind of this idea. If we do it this way, if we do it God's way, then we can expect this type of a result. Problem is, most of us just want all the promises. We want all the results, the good things of Scripture. But we don't necessarily want to always do it through God's way that he's prescribed for us. What 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 do I mean by that? Now, these are not Scriptures that you're going to see on the screen for just a minute. So just listen to me. And as I was reading and I was looking at stuff and I began, I thank God for the brilliant people that cross-reference Scripture. And bring it all, and I, I could sit there and I can look and I could see all these cross cross references, and it's just and it begins to start speaking these volumes again. And I just happened to find this in Isaiah 59. I wasn't looking for it, it was a cross-reference, but it came out. Isaiah 59, 20 and 21 says this the Redeemer will come to you, Zion, to those in Jacob who repent of their sins. Okay, there's our if. Now here's our then. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you will not depart from you. And my words that I have put in your mouth will always be on your lips, on the lips of your children and on the lips of their descendants from this time and forever, says the Lord. There was an if you had to repent. You had to, you had to get to this place where they were taking God's word and it applying it and using it in that way. This was before, 700 some years before Jesus Christ came. But if you will do this, if you will repent of your sin and you will make the Lord the center of your life, you will make God the center of what you're doing, here's what I'll tell you. Here's a covenant I will make with you. The word will be not only on your lips, but then you can teach it and you can train it, train your kids and you can get that word on their lips. And then their lips are going to take it into, to the descendants that are after that. How about this? How many times have you quoted this? I've quoted it a lot. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and what he will direct your paths. No, we just expect that this good God, this gracious God, this kind God, this wonderful God is just going to direct our path. But you know what? We got to trust in him. We've got to make him the center of it all. And when we do that, then he will begin to direct our paths. Amen. Acts 2. This is going to be up on, your, on the screen for you. This is one of these things that as I was reading and as I was preparing, and when Pastor Pat called and said, would you be able to do this morning? And I began to, to just look at different things in scripture. And boy, this one, I don't know what it was about this, but here it is today. Acts 2, verses 14 through 18, and then verse 21. It says, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Verse 21 says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The if kind of came at the end of that. Peter was saying this after they had been in that room for 10 days, after the Holy Spirit had visited them and there was an outpouring, excuse me, (coughs) And there was an outpouring, but they had a responsibility. They had to go first. Jesus told them to go and get into this place and begin to wait on me. That didn't mean that they just went and sat in this room and kicked their feet up, twiddling their thumbs, playing checkers. You know, whatever they may have done back then probably wasn't checkers, but who knows? Um, No, they were waiting. They were having some spiritual services. They were seeking God. Their waiting was spending time in him. I believe they were singing. I believe things were going on that were just so inspiring to all of them. And then all of a sudden at this time that God allowed, his spirit came into that place like they had never experienced before until that happened here in Acts 2. Peter was quoting The prophet Joel. Back when when Joel was prophesying this, devastation had just happened to the land. Locusts had come in and destroyed everything. And this was a prophecy that's saying, listen, the Lord's going to restore. The Lord's going to begin to do this. What Peter was now doing was the result of that prophecy and it was happening. And what Peter was saying is, hey, this isn't just for today. It's not just limited to this one day of Pentecost. This is for you. This is for power that's going to go on. And it's going to be a blessing to all those from the first coming of Christ until the second coming of Christ. Folks, that's the time that we're in. We're in that time. And I'm looking at this and I'm reading this. And as I'm reading it, I start getting this inside of me. And I'm like, I want to see our sons and our daughters begin to speak words of prophecy. I want to see our young men so full of the Holy Spirit that they begin to see visions that God has given them. I want to see our old men. Let's say it, old guys. I want to dream dreams. I want to be able to dream dreams. I want to have vision. I want the Spirit to do something that I haven't seen. I want something that is, oh, Great, like that was at that day of Pentecost when that came. And I want to be available to that. And I, But I've got to get into his word and I've got to read this and I have to teach and I've got to train. I've got to, as the professor or the doctor said, we've got to teach ourselves. Get into his word and begin to read it and let it start teaching you. And then there are others that will come along and continue to do the teaching. But let's let the word do. Let's let the greatest teacher teach us. Through his spirit. We have to teach and we have to train this. Our Bible is for everyone to read. But all of his promises in it aren't for everyone that reads it. Unless they turn themselves over to the Lord. And when they do that, when we talk about this prophecy... Oh, when I think of this word prophesy, it takes me to First Corinthians fourteen three. That's not going to be on your screen either, but it talks about this exalt, this exhortation, or 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 strengthening edifying, comforting. That's what it should be bringing to the church today, that type of word that should be getting inside of us. I, I'm sorry, but can you just see what's going on? And I start looking out and I start seeing faces. in this morning, as I watched the Keys kids walk in and I began to say, yeah, I'm getting excited about, can I start hearing those voices begin to start bringing words of prophecy someday and the Cholag family. And then I saw the Allen clan showing up, which I love to see. And the Hood clan, I'm sorry. There's still Alan's in my book. But but then as I looked around and I started looking and I started seeing other faces and I watched Brother Maurice Graves come watching it, driving in this morning. And I'm thinking, yes, I want to hear from voices like that. And I can just look out and I can begin to see your faces here. And I know there are those that are having to, uh, or that are at home. Some are there because they have to be. Some are there because they choose to be. And I'm just thinking, this is a word I believe for you too. Let, let, let me give you one more. Not on your screen. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. Well, you'll hear people say, oh, and we know that all things will work together for good. They seem to stop it at that point a lot of times. Oh, all things will work together for good. Well, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of messages out there, folks. There's a lot of messages. There's a lot of people that are speaking what they claim is the word of God. But you know what? Don't trust them. Get in the word for yourselves and let the word, let the Holy Spirit be your teacher. Listen to this. Ephesians, Ephesians 5, 15 through 20. This comes out of the God's word translation. I don't typically read out of it, but I was, as I was doing all this, I like just the way it said. Verse, chapter 5 verse 15. So then be very careful how you live. Don't live like foolish people, but like wise people. Make the most of your opportunities because these are evil days. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord wants. Hey, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to wild living. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. By reciting psalms and hymns and spiritual songs for your own good. Sing and make music to the Lord with your hearts. Always thank God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I Find it interesting that it says here, do not get drunk on wine and using these things. And as I was looking at this, they call those spirits, don't they? The alcohol, the different things, they call those spirits. And unfortunately, I'm afraid (laughs) some people spend more time in that spiritual world. The day that we're living in right now is something that none of us, I don't think, could have planned or thought was going to happen. Starting with the pandemic, we know that that is obviously a, Strange thing, but what's going on today with the social injustices that are out there against race, you know, and riots and different things, this this looting and the hurting of property and individuals. A real distrust of authority. See, God's word is to be our authority. And if you begin to start distrusting authority, you're going to have a distrust toward even God. But I think to overcome all of that, we got to look at that part in, in Ephesians 5, verse 18. The last part of that, it says, instead, be filled with the spirit. Now, I'm going to get technical for just a minute because I read this. This is a present passive imperative. I know that meant same to me too. Until I read it a little bit more which carries the meaning in the Greek language is how this was written of repeatedly being filled. Repeatedly being filled. Be filled with his Holy Spirit. Repeatedly being filled. This is not a one-time experience. Yes, when you accepted Jesus Christ, He's, he gave you his spirit, right? To dwell within us. But we're not talking about the same thing here. We're talking about an infilling of his spirit. That's something that has to be done over and over and he will do this over and over as we go to him. I think it needs to be more frequent than we would go to any other spirit, if you get my drift. Can I just tell you something? I read in the I read just yesterday alcohol sales have increased since March. Since March, online Alcohol sales have increased 243%. Now, I get it. The bars were closed, all that. So I understand that that's going to go up. But I'm just thinking, how many people are looking to pour that stuff into us? Folks, when we should be looking and saying, Holy Spirit, oh, do we need you. We need your infilling like, like at no other time. I need your infilling today. And I tell you, that's becoming my prayer and has become my prayer. I need your infilling today like, I, you know, yesterday's gone. Today, I need it more today than I do at any other time. And today is that day I want you to fill me with your spirit. Colossians 3. 16 and 17 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, again, through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Make the most of every opportunity to teach the way, to." Teach the way to live. I've heard the message of the day. And the message of today is not a very popular message with me because it tells me to just let your kids explore. Let them. You're not supposed to teach them anything. Some aren't even teaching them if they're a male or a female. They're letting them figure that out. That's not what my Bible says. We're supposed to let them hear or we're we're supposed to do the teaching. We're supposed to do the training. We're supposed to be the ones that is putting them. If we're going to be responsible and one day, folks, we're all going to have to answer to the Lord. Amen. We're going to have to answer to him. And one day we're going to have to answer. What did you do? How did you do it? You're going to speak for all these words that we spoke. We're going to have to give an account for it. And if we're going to be responsible, and if we're going to be honorable before our God, we must stand before our Lord with the answers that we have given through the word that we've read, that we have implored our young ones, those that are in our family units, those that we have an influence to be able to speak to. The word of God says to teach and admonish, be wise, making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Let's do one more scripture, if I may, um, about teaching and training. Deuteronomy 6, you've heard this, 5 through 9, you've read this. But I'm going to do this out of the Message Bible today. Listen to this, love God, your God, with all your, or with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you, love him with all you've got. That's got an explanation point after it. We could stop right there, but this is so good. Write these commands that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of them or get them inside of you and then get them inside of your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home, walking on the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Tie them on your hands and your foreheads as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorposts of your homes and on your city gates. Do you think our God is saying my word is important for you? And it's so important that it should be everything that we do. It should be when we wake up to the time we go to bed. It should all be measured. It should all be looked through that eyes, those eyes of his word that we have. Because we are responsible to know the promises that are in his word for us and to know what we could claim as our own, right? I, my wife and I have been, she, she reads every single Wednesday. She's read the same book. I don't know how many times over, but for her, it's one of those things. She's just reading it over and it's who I am in Christ. Who are you in Christ? What does the word of God tell us that I am in Christ? What does Jesus Christ say about me and who I am? Those are the type of things that we've got to be teaching and training and sharing and giving and looking around and seeing who we could speak that into because the word should so much be a part of who we are and we can't help but let it get outside of us. John 14, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Let him be your teacher. I Years ago, there was a, a minister that came to this church. Her name was Fuchsia Pickett. Dr. Fuchsia Pickett. And when she would stand up here, <laughs> one of the stories I could tell is she, she wore a plate and it kind of clicked when she talked. It's one of the things I kind of chuckled about. Just made her real. You know, as she talked, but she always talked about the Holy Spirit being her teacher. She would talk about how she'd have to get away and let her teacher work on her. Let her teacher teach her. That's what I read out of John 14, verse 26. Now here, write this down. Um, I'm sorry I didn't get this to the guys, but it just came to me late last night. First John 2 and 27. 1 John 2 and 27. I'm going to read this one out of the New Living Translation just because of the way I like how it reads. But you have received the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized and what? You'll be filled with the Spirit, right? See, you can't talk to everybody in the same way if they haven't gone through that repentance thing. If they haven't asked Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they can't claim all the promises that that you and I who have accepted him, who have been baptized into him, have allowed him to do this work in us. These are promises that we could stand on, but you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So, don't, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as he has taught you remain in fellowship with Christ I'm grateful that he put gifts in the church I'm grateful for the gift of a pastor and I'm grateful for our pastor and how the Lord has used that gift yes yes The Holy Spirit will be our teacher, but he's also put gifts within the church to help us, right? We have some tremendous teachers that that work in our connection classes. And the Holy Spirit is there searching out the word, and the Holy Spirit's pouring into them. Folks, one day we'll get back to having that opportunity. Maybe not right now. So all the more reason that you need to be spending that much more time in the word yourself It's great. Pray for your teachers. Pray for those that have an opportunity to speak into your life. Could be on a radio, could be on a podcast, it could be on a TV show, but let the Holy Spirit do the work so that you're hearing what His message would be for you today. Amen? Does that make sense? I hope it makes good sense to you. I hope it's practical. I hope this was practical. I hope there was something the last time I stood up in front of you and I said, So what? So what? So what was the point of being here? What was the point of you just listening to me for the last 28 minutes now? So what? Oh, let the Holy Spirit do a work inside of you. Let him pour into you. Let him do a work. Let him be your teacher. Oh, search him out. Find the promises that he has for you in Scripture if you've made him that place. You've made him your Savior. You've made him your Lord. I just feel the responsibility that I have to say this today. If you haven't made Jesus Christ, the Lord Savior, our God was so loving to us, wasn't he? That he sent Jesus and Jesus came in a willing way and laid down his life. One that never sinned, the only one that never sinned and became that perfect sacrifice for us what we have to do is we have to admit that we're a sinner and we need a savior. I can't do it in and of my own strength. And when we begin to admit that we could do that, we begin to say, oh, Lord, stir in me. And he begins to start working inside of us and he brings a repentant heart saying, oh, Lord, I need you. I need you as my savior. Then you just got to believe he is who he says he is. got to confess it with our mouth. We've got to believe in our heart. Confess that he's Lord. Believe in our heart that he's been risen from the dead. Amen. Oh man, that day of Pentecost is a special day. But that day we could still have those same experiences and being filled with his Holy Spirit. And then we have to give our lives over to him. You have to admit it. You have to believe it. You have to confess it with your mouth. That's what it takes to accept Jesus. Will you bow your heads with me right now? We're going to pray for that. Pastor Pat is going to make his way to the stage. Today would be typically a healing Sunday. If you have a need, if you have a physical need, if you have a physical need within your body and you need God to do a work inside of you, Pastor Pat's going to pray for you today. If you have a need, you've got a hurt, you've got some type of wound, you got something that is just inside of you that you can't handle on your own, he's going to pray for you. If you need a deliverance, if you need any of these things, that's what it is all about. He's our lead elder in this church. And he's going to pray for us. But let's pray this real quick. Father, I come before you right now, Lord, and I just pray for everyone that is here today online today, maybe tuned in and they don't even know why, but Lord, maybe they heard something. Your spirit drew them. Your spirit did a work, Lord God, that only you can do. And you've taken them to that place, Lord. If they have uh, made that confession, they, they know that they need a savior. They believed in you and they've confessed their own words, Lord, saying, I need you, Father, forgive me for all the sins that I've committed. I need you. It's not in my own strength to stay away from that. But Father, I need you to come and fill me. So I'm going to repent right now and I'm going I'm to believe in you. And you said you will fill them. You will give them your spirit. So I pray for those that have made that commitment today. That Lord, they will not walk back on that, but they will walk forward in that. In Jesus' name I pray.